Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the best football show on the radio throughout the entire planet. What a show we have for you. Josh Sargent is going to be a key ingredient of this, and you've probably never heard of the dude. We got so much to talk about it when it comes to Champions League. Plus, we're all united for each other. Hashtag united for each other. Got some great guests coming on. This is a jam-packed show. I'm getting right to it at 877-710-ESPN. At Talk Soccer on Twitter. Hit me up there. Follow me. You can uh, tweet with me of your reactions. I got to start with a guy named Josh Sargent. He's a young kid, an American footballer, right? American soccer player. He's not even 18 or barely, he may have just turned 18, and he made news, there we go, by signing with Werder Bremen in Germany. Now, you know I cover the Bundesliga for Fox, Bundesliga is getting much more popular here in America, but the Bundesliga has always had young Americans and then even older Americans playing in it in numbers that are greater than, say, certainly La Liga, there hasn't really been much of anything for, the, for Americans there, and for the Premiership, frankly. And now the Premiership has certainly had a lot of Americans, too. But it seems like Germany lately. Josh Sargent's the latest. Weston McKenney just signed a new deal with Schalke, the youngster who came from FC Dallas's academy. And Sargent is a new one, right? He plays for the U.S. Unders, you know, the under 17, under 20. Very talented young forward. Very talented. I watched him in the most recent under, what was it, 17 or 20 World Cup, whatever it was. I'm getting old. And he was dynamic. He is a player. He signs with Werder Bremen. Now, at first glance, you're thinking, all right, yeah, Werder Bremen's struggling a little bit, but that's a big German club, and you're right. And it's a good move for him. But the the topic I want to bring up about this is, where MLS? Now, don't shrug that off if you're not an MLS fan. If you are, you know what I'm talking about. But don't shrug it off if you're an American who doesn't like MLS. First of all, you're part of the problem, so don't shrug it off. Where MLS in all this with these young kids? I'm speaking to you, Don Garber, who runs MLS, and to you, LA Galaxy, and you, LAFC. Why do we just assume these kids are gone? Because they seem to always be. And the point being, Josh Sargent has the potential to be very good. Now, I'm not talking Pulisic here, Christian Pulisic. Okay, you're going to lose some players sometimes to foreign leagues, right? Happens to everybody. Happens to every league. English guys go elsewhere. Spanish kids go somewhere else. It happens. I get it. I'm not saying MLS is going to be gathering up all these youngsters who want to eventually go over to Europe. But what what is the point of MLS if not to sign some American hotshot superstar young kids? And I know they've done it. I know we have homegrown talent throughout the league. We must have more of it and and lose less of these kids. But Denholm, he gets better coaching. Then get better coaching here. But Denholm, he gets paid more. Then pay them more and keep them here. This isn't hard. This is business. You need better coaching? Get better coaching. I've been screaming that for years. Why do we just have to assume as American soccer fans that, well, yep, oh, he's 17 and he's showing a lot of uh, promise. Well, he's got to go play overseas, of course. You may be right if you're a critic of MLS to say, you know what? It's better for Josh Sargent to go over there. You might be right. 
It's an individual thing, but in his case, you may be right. Let's change that, and let's work towards fixing that. This MLS is not three years old. If MLS were still in diapers, I could understand. MLS is a grown man. Let's start signing some kids who've got that potential that are Americans so we can root for them here. Why is it wrong of me to want to root for Josh Sargent playing for the LA Galaxy instead of some German club? That is not wrong. And don't tell me, oh, it's better for their maturity and development. You may be right. Let's get better here. Why do we just presume that and let, okay, well, throw your hands up, MLS. All right, well, we don't have the great coaching. Looks like he's going to have to go overseas. Fix it. Fix it. I'm not sitting here telling you I want MLS to be the best league in the world. I do. But that doesn't really matter. There is no such thing, realistically. You know why? Because there's plenty of talent all over the soccer globe, including here. So let's keep the lion's share of it here in our league. They call it a domestic league for a reason. It's in our backyard. We have two clubs here now. One of them about to begin, one of them a storied franchise that happens to be beating Houston 3-1 last time I checked late in the second half. Yay. Go LA Galaxy. By the way, some blistering goals from the uh, Galaxy in this game. Very nice, except for that own goal by DeMarcus Beasy. But I'll take it. Why do we just presume every kid has, well, okay, see ya. He's got to go. Is that not a slap in the face of our coaching and MLS and our organizations? Tell me where I'm wrong. I'm not sitting here telling you you got to keep everyone. That's impossible. You can't. 877-710-ESPN. But why do we just presume? And everybody, the problem with American soccer fans and you, if you're listening, I'm going to point at you. You know I tell the truth here. The problem with us, American soccer fans, and you on the 405 who love the beautiful game, whether you love MLS or not, is in America, we just assume, oh, well, that ought to be like the, uh, the American soccer anthem. After they play the national anthem, somebody ought to walk out to the, the pitch in, in an MLS game and just go, oh, well. No, I'm tired of that. I want better. I'm demanding better out of my league, out of you, out of me, out of all of us. I'm tired of it. 877-710-ESPN. Hit me up on Twitter with your thoughts as well, at Talk Soccer. I'm tired of this. Why do we just, oh, Josh Sargent showing some talent. Uh, I guess he's got to go. That's absurd. And I again, I am not unrealistic. I know the game, and I know what happens around the world's game. Some kids are going to go. That's fine. Yeah, it happens. It does. But, man, why am I the idiot who wants to make sure some American young talent stays here to play in MLS? And I know we have some but we're losing too much of it. That's the bottom line. I don't care what anyone says. We are. I watched Weston McKenney run around for Schalke. Why couldn't he have stayed with FC Dallas? Oh, Denholm, he wants to go. Yeah, okay. Make him an offer he can't refuse. Godfather him. No, not the horse head in the bed. Don't go that far. Make him an offer he can't refuse. He's got to stay.
And I'm using him as an example. That's fine. 877-710-ESPN. I'm fired up about it because, you know, you see this kid go, and on one level, good for him. He's going to a good situation. Werner Bremen's a fine club, and they've got great coaching, and he will get better. What about MLS? Where MLS in all this? And I have to think like that. Let's go to the phones at 877-710-ESPN or hit me up on Twitter with your thoughts at Talk Soccer. Connor is first up from Woodland Hills. Connor, welcome to uh, to Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. What's going on, man? Not too much. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Um, so I just kind of wanted to chime in on what the the problem I think is, is that no MLS player has proven, especially young kids, that they can go from MLS first to Europe and succeed. Um, you know, obviously we see it all the time where these players come from Europe, come to the MLS, stay and play well, but no young kid mm-hmm. that I can recall has really made that transition where they've gone to MLS first, played a couple of years, really shown that they're a star, and then gone to Europe and had that same continued success. Not super young. I don't disagree. I can't think of any. There may be one, Connor, but I think you're right. Now, why is that? Let's fix it. Why? It's got to be coaching. It's got to be organizational. Yeah, I think it starts from, you know, the aspirations. As someone that grew up in both England and the U.S., American kids don't have this aspiration to grow up and play for the Galaxy and play for Chicago. Like you said, it stems from everything from coaching to the experience. They're constantly having to travel all over the country. You know, I think we need more of these academies where these kids come in, like IMG and Shattuck St. Mary's in Minnesota, where they go in and live there and truly embody the whole experience of what it's like to be And we are. In fairness, we are, Connor, a Philadelphia Union. Look up what they're doing with their academy. They literally have an academy like the, uh, you know, the, the ways of England, if you will. And there are teams doing it. I'm not saying they're not. But, Connor, it's got to be more than that because kids can change their mind the older they get when somebody flashes them seven figures to stay in MLS if they're that good or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying. Look, that can change. You can, and kids are growing up now with MLS. There's nobody who's Josh Sargent's age. The league's been around longer than Josh Sargent and anybody his age, you know? So, I mean, there's still, they all have MLS stars to look up to. I don't disagree with what you're saying. We've got to fix it. And that is the problem. Thank you so much for the phone call. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Eddie is in LA. Eddie, you are next up on Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunholm here on ESPN LA 710. Hey, thanks, guys. I love your show. Thanks a lot for talking about the MLS. Appreciate it, man. What, what do you feel of this, Eddie? I'm tired of losing these kids. Yeah. I mean, my take on it is these kids grow up and they, they their idols are nothing but, you know, European-based players. Uh, all these European-based players, there's no one to look up to in this country. Uh, for the past few years, what, it's been London Donovan, Josie Altidore was not that well mediocre. Uh, we also... The issue with the with the players leaving, they leave at a young age. Mm-hmm. They go overseas. All they do over there is stay in the bench. They come back playing in, in the international team, and they're just not performing like they should be. And it's just no one to look up to in this country anymore. Well, Eddie, it's an interesting point. Thank you for the phone call. MLS does need that next Landon Donovan and soon. That American superstar. Now, there's some good and great... Americans still playing in MLS. There is. And there's, you know what? We don't just need Americans to look up to. We need great players in MLS. And we have some, no question. 
David Villa on the older side, Miguel Almaron on the younger side. You know, there's great players throughout MLS. No doubt. And you see that, frankly, by watching. If you don't like MLS, just watch the highlights of the goals every week. Just go to MLSsoccer.com, literally, or ESPNFC.us, which is one of my favorites, not just because it's ESPN. Yes, it's in the family, but not just because of that. You go watch the highlights of MLS and watch the goals. If you don't like the games, which, you know, whatever, I'm not going to try to convince you. You're stupid. But (laughs) if you don't like the game, just watch the highlights. There's plenty of great talent. In MLS, whether it's American or not, that's not the point. He's not wrong. We need guys to look up to. Josh Sargent and his like, that young talent, they need to be wooed by MLS and really feel like it's a good option. And now maybe, you know, some of them are. Again, they're not losing everybody, but they're losing too many. 877-710-ESPN. ESPN FC Sebastian Salazar coming up, a good friend of the show. We're promoting it. United for each other. You've been hearing about it. It is a great, great cause. And Seb has been a part of that. He's going to come on and talk about it. I am Dave Dunhome. You are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. I just feel like with that song playing, Brazil has scored another goal somehow. I don't know why. They're not even playing. But it feels like Brazil's leading 3-0 with that song playing here on Soccer Weekly. I'm Dave Home, and you are listening to ESPN LA, the home of world football in Southern California. And it's all presented by our friends at Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. Please tell them Dave Home and Soccer Weekly sent you. You can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. I like to follow you, you know, follow you. You can follow me. We can exchange pleasantries even after the show. That's fine. Or you can give me a phone call, 877-710-ESPN. We've been talking about Josh Sargent and young players leaving America and feeling like it's just presumed. That's what bothers me as an MLS fan and an American football fan. I love MLS. I don't care where a player comes from, but I would like to see some young Americans stay in MLS and become stars here right, to help our league. I love Major League Soccer. I love the LA Galaxy. I hate how beautiful LAFC is doing everything with that stadium and their gorgeous jersey and those hats. I hate that. But I love what they're doing, right? I love Major League Soccer. That's my league. So I want it to succeed. I want it to get bigger. I want young Americans to be able to stay, it seems, and it just doesn't seem like that's the case. 877-710-ESPN. Go back to the phone lines. Mike is in Huntington Beach. Mike, you're next up here on Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. What's up, man? Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Um, I'd love to see Americans stay in America, um, but I think we all have to kind of agree that soccer's uh, just not not even on the main dish as far as the sports world is uh, concerned in America. You got the NFL, you got Major League Baseball, you got the, the NBA, and then there's soccer maybe on the fourth over there. When you go over to Europe, soccer, and let's say let's just take Spain for example, soccer's the meat, it's the potatoes, it's the gravy, it's uh, it's the vegetables, it's everything, it's yeah. life over there. So the best athletes in all of America are going to the sports like the NBA and the NFL, and in in Europe, their best athletes are going to play soccer. And so, so our Mike, guys got to go out. Mike, I I hear this argument, and and I'm not. I love your passion, believe me. But I'll tell you why you're wrong. Everybody asked me, Denholm, when are the best athletes? If only the best athletes would play soccer in America. And you know what I tell them? They already are. And here's why, Mike. The best athletes who could be great soccer players 
already play soccer in America. Kobe Bryant would be an awkward, bad six foot six forward in soccer, right? He loved the game. See that? I don't. I don't agree with you on that. It one. doesn't translate. LeBron yeah. James would be an awkward second string goalkeeper at six nine. Mike, it doesn't. These you he think would some, be a beast of a goalie. He would be a beast of a goalie. He'd be an awkward, too play. tall goalkeeper. Sometimes it's you got to you got to be too tall. Look, and some of them may translate. A guy like LeBron James, I get it. That's fine. But my and thank you for the phone call. That argument is just worn. What some two hundred eighty pound defensive lineman or def- you think you think Marcellus Wiley could 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 have Marcellus Wiley is a world class athlete, right? You think Keyshawn Johnson at 6'4 and 220 in his prime or whatever it was, running a 4-3, those guys are world-class athletes. They couldn't play soccer at that level, and that's fine. You, did you see Michael Jordan swing a bat in the minor leagues? It didn't work out. That's okay. Most guys can't play more than one sport. Believe me, soccer is not really missing on anyone in the American sports landscape that should have been a soccer player. And everybody says, Denholm, what about Allen Iverson? All right, he'd be, a, he'd be a Jossie Zardes is the same size as Allen Iverson, by the way. They are. And you know who's awkward in the air? Jossie Zardes. The stuff doesn't always translate. Stop trying to make it out to be that we sh- And guess what? When Mike says, you know, the passion all over the rest of the world, everybody's so passionate. This, there are millions of us here in America. Don't sell it short. This is a big country. I get it. The NFL is bigger. Yeah, no kidding. The NBA is much bigger than the MLS. You're right. There are millions of us who love the beautiful game. And one of them is joining me now, and he's a good friend of the show. And as always, we love when he takes the time to join us here on Soccer Weekly. Is ESPN FC's Sebastian Salazar just coming out of the booth? What a guy, Sebastian! Thanks so much for taking the time, buddy. You're promoting, uh, and you did the uh, the game. Just uh, what was it, Leon and uh, Club America, the United for Each Other that we've all been working on with Fox and ESPN and BN Sports. Tell us a little bit about it, Seb. How did it go? I mean, I got to tell you, you know, I had high hopes for this thing when they started talking about doing it on Saturday. Yeah. And really, this this has been thrown together in basically 72 hours. Sorry if it's a little bit loud in the newsroom. Uh, as you mentioned, there are people from uh, all different cable companies here. We've all kind of chipped in hopes to kind of use the reach of each of our networks to, to really get the word out. But of course, you know, our, our area, our corner of the world has been devastated in recent weeks, whether it's Florida uh, with the hurricane or Hurricane Irma or it's uh, Hurricane Harvey uh, in southeast Texas or Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico or the 7.1 magnitude earthquake that rocked Mexico City on September 19th. Uh, And so what better tool, what better platform to get people to think about donating? And that's what our real goal is. Then the beautiful game, the world's game. Uh, and so I think the idea was born here in Miami at the offices of Univision. And between Univision, Fox, CN, ESPN, Azteca, TV Azteca, uh, we've put together this, this incredible group of people. We've got these awesome Liga MX games that we've been broadcasting in English and Spanish. We're on nine different channels. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And it's <laughs> and it's all to raise money for the American Red Cross. And 
when you see the numbers, and we've been passing them along throughout the games, the cost to rebuild these communities is going to be staggering. So anything that anybody can give uh, will go a long way. We really, really, really hope that, you know, on top of raising awareness, we can really, you know, raise some serious funds to help those in need right now because there, there are people in, in need that is both massive and urgent, and, and soccer can be a great tool to to spread the word and, and raise funds. Uh, amen. Uh, we're talking with ESPN FC Sebastian Salazar. Hashtag united for each other. We were working on it over at Fox. I was uh, talking about that earlier during our Champions League coverage. We're promoting it. It's so good to see you guys working on this for the Liga Mekis games. Uh, one of them already finished, of course, and it's funny because i got to admit, uh, Sebastian, I was watching the Leon America Club America game, and a part of me, I was into the game, but I also felt almost like you know, like, I can't get too into the game. It's really not, like, it's important. It's a Liga Amaki's game. It's important. But it's so much bigger, the cause of this. You know what I mean? It just, it almost felt like, yeah, I can enjoy the game, but it's really not about that. Absolutely. And if you, you know, if you watch the broadcast, people will realize this is not a standard show, right? In each show, we have, on the English side, somebody representing the four networks involved. On the Spanish side, somebody representing the five networks yeah. involved. So you've got five people in a booth, four people in a booth. <laughs> that already makes it a different show. On top of that, basically every minute or two, we're referencing the natural disasters that have occurred. We're talking about the American Red Cross. We're giving you the phone number, 1-800-842-2200. We're talking about the hashtag, United for Each Other, Unidos por los Nuestros en Español, that you can use to help us raise awareness and help us raise funds. So... You're right. In some way, as a play-by-play guy, and, and I kind of struggled with this a little bit in the second half of the game I did last night, you don't really ever get into a rhythm because you're sharing stories. And so many of us that are here in this building have family members, loved ones. I mean, I lived in Houston for two years, mm-hmm. uh, and Houston is, was devastated by Hurricane Harvey. The amount of flooding, I think I saw a number something like almost 200,000 homes were destroyed. So many of us here have family and loved ones in Mexico who survived the earthquake but have seen their homes damaged and have seen their their capital, their country, turned upside down. Uh, so many people here have family members and loved ones in Puerto Rico. The situation in Puerto Rico is, is so urgent. I, I mentioned this in the show. Something like half of the island right now does not have safe drinking water, mm. and it was 90 degrees in Puerto Rico yesterday. We have to get these people what they need, and we have to do it immediately so i think that's why you saw so many people from so many networks willing to come together and pull this thing off and you're right you're into the games but until you get to like the 80th or 83rd minute yeah it doesn't really feel like you're watching a soccer (laughs) broadcast Uh, the club america leon game that we were just a part of was a crazy ending and so it kind of took over there at the end but you know the bottom line is we're here to use soccer. We're not really here to talk about it or obsess over it yeah. in the way that we usually do. Well, and also, Seb, it's a fantastic way for Liga MX to get back into, you know, they got to do their business. they got to play games, and they have to get back to it. It was just a fantastic way to kind of ease into that, even for fans, you know, because it's just too hard to get back into sports too soon, necessarily. Absolutely, and I think that's always a a delicate concern when dealing with situations like this. When do leagues begin playing again? When is it too soon? When is it okay? 
But, um, you know, if anything, you've seen the incredible strength and resilience and poise of the Mexican people on display in the days and weeks since September 19th. Yep. And they deserve something to enjoy and smile about. And they've shown us that they're ready to do the work of reconstruction, that they are willing and able. Now it's up to us, up to us as their neighbors to help with the cost. That's where we come in. And I hope people take advantage of this opportunity to help those in need. And you can pick where you want your money to go. You want to go to Puerto Rico. You want to go to Texas. You want to go to Florida. You want to go to Mexico. You can do that when you call. You know, it's up to you where you send your money. But everywhere needs it. And now is the time to do it. Sebastian Salazar, ESPN FC. Thank you so much for promoting it. We appreciate you coming on. Hashtag United for each other. Donate and help those in need. Sebastian, thanks so much for your time, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I know that we got Cruz Azul Pachuca on right now. It's on BN Sports, FS2, ESPN News, in English, of course, on all sorts of different channels in Spanish as well. So if you want to get involved, just turn on your TV. There's like a 50% chance you're going to find it within a few <laughs> seconds because we're on, like I said, nine different la- networks across two different languages. And right now you want to watch a U.S. international, Omar Gonzalez, right now anchoring the back line for Pachuca in a very important game against Cruz Azul. So great way to get involved, and you can enjoy soccer while you do it. And the help is, is very much appreciated. Thank you. Appreciate your help. Sebastian Salazar, thank you so much. My Pachuca. And Omar Gonzalez, appreciate Sebastian from ESPN FC. John Thorrington of LAFC, Executive Vice President of Soccer Operations and GM, coming up next here on Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. Joining me right now, he is the Executive Vice President of Soccer Operations and the General Manager for the newest club in MLS to be joining next season on the pitch. It's LAFC's John Thorrington. John, thanks so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Of course, Dave. Happy to be here. Now, I heard you got bit by, what, a ladybug last week that you couldn't uh, come onto the show? What happened, John? Exactly right. Yeah, at the, at the risk of this sounding like a dog ate my homework, for the first <laughs> time in my life, uh, I got stung by a stingray. Oh, oh, dear. Which uh, which I don't recommend. I didn't know we were going to go public with it, but here we are. <laughs> Sorry. Now, was that in the ocean, or do you have a pet, yeah. or in your pool, yeah. or what? What were I you was, doing? Uh, I lived, uh, thankfully, close to the ocean, went down for a five-minute dip, and came out with that unfortunate experience. Wow, that, yeah, no no joking around. Are you okay? I mean, hopefully, oh, I mean, yeah, you sound no, like you're fine. great. It's, but. it's about, depending on your... Uh, the severity is between one and three hours of sheer agony, and then oh. it leaves as quick as it comes. So, yeah. oh man, I'm I've glad, had worse. I'm glad you're better off. I appreciate that. I'm going to jump right in, John. Answer this with a. It's a fill in the blank question. I hired Bob Bradley to manage LAFC because blank. I think he's the best guy to set us up on a, a successful trajectory starting from day one. How do you build around Carlos Vela as a player? Uh, yeah, I mean, Carlos, for us, I think the ben- the beauty of Carlos is he does provide some versatility in all in, in a few attacking positions. I think yeah. for us, if you pencil him in as that attacking right-sided player cutting in on his left, we think he can play as a false nine. He can play on the left. He can sometimes play through the middle. So 
he does bring some versatility. I think, um, you know, so depending on where, where he plays, we obviously want to put the personnel around him that play, play to his strengths because we see him being very successful here. You know, obviously with the designated player rule that uh, came into effect right around the David Beckham time in MLS, John, uh, it's my belief and it would be my philosophy that designated player money must be spent on quality offense in Major League Soccer. What's your philosophy? How do you look at the, the designated player rule and how you're going to use that beyond Vela? Yeah, sorry, I misheard. You said it needs to be spent offensively. Is that what you said? Yeah, you got to spend it on quality offense. Yeah, MLS. I mean, if you just look and you take a a macro level just almost as an observation and you look across the world at what the most expensive positions are at goal scorers. So that leads one to believe that, um, you know, that's where with our constraints, when you can spend money, you should spend it um, at the top end of the pitch. There's an interesting counter argument to that is if every MLS team is doing that, then in order to win, you're going to need to have people that can defend against the David Villas of the world. So, you know, I think I, I do lean um, towards your side uh, in terms of how we will spend our money. But, um, you know, I, I certainly see, as Portland has done as in the, with Ridgewell, as Columbus did with Mensa, um, if you get the right defensive leader, I can certainly defend an argument as to, as to making one of those a, a designated player. So I think it's team-specific. Um, for us, we are looking more at the attacking positions, but, you know, look, if you can go and uh, get great value and you get a, a guy that's giving you DP production at a, as a number nine and you, you can afford to go and get an expensive center back, then your team's all the better for it. We are talking with the general manager, executive vice president of soccer operations for LAFC, John Thorrington, joining us here on Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. John, where are you in the process of building your roster? I know it's early. You, you, the, the pace has to pick up now. Obviously, you're about to begin play in MLS. How, how comfortable are you? Where are you at in the process? Yeah, you know, I think the the priority for us coming out of the summer and within that transfer window was a top priority finalizing our coaching decision, which we're very pleased that we were not just able to hire a coach, but hire the coach that we wanted. And then come out as well in that transfer window where if, if the timing was right and the deal made sense and inserting ourselves in the conversation with one of these European-based players to knock them off of the European calendar in order to get them here in January that we were in a position to do that. We did that with Vela. So now all of our energy is, is on the whole, the rest of our roster. Bob and I hit the road early tomorrow um, to do a, a joint scouting trip. So we are, we've identified a number of players in each position that fit the profile of what we're looking for. And now the next step is to go watch these guys live um and and make decisions you know we'd like to make them as quickly as possible but uh go through a diligent process with our scouting network with our data analysts um and set ourselves up well for next year what do you look for john you mentioned okay now we got to go see them live what are some of the attributes you're looking for for an lafc player yeah it's a great question one that i get often it's obviously a function of what position they play, but just in general, we have set this team and this club out uh, as in terms of how we'll represent LA, and I think we want to see that in the makeup of our team. So fast-paced, dynamic, creative, and we have this this star element of what makes up Los Angeles. But then that 
that gritty, substantive piece of L.A. where, you know, you come here, you work hard, and you make it. It's the modern-day, the city where the modern-day American dream still still takes place. Yeah. So, you know, for us, it's it's a group of players that will entertain our fans, not just through their their ability, but our fans will walk away proud of the effort that our team puts in each game. We're talking with John Thorrington, the Executive Vice President of Soccer Operations, GM for LAFC. John, let me. I guess a lot of people disagree with me on this. I don't really care. We see it with Atlanta United doing very well. Obviously, a team that's you know certainly played fantastic, and Minnesota United. I think both franchises, the expansion franchises in MLS, have done a lot of things right in their first year. What have you learned from both of those teams? Yeah, you know, Dave. I think I, I agree with you, and I think for us, the value the value in coming in when we're coming in is learning from all these different examples and. They're very different models in MLS, and I think one of the things that excites me most about the the present and then the future of MLS is we're going to start seeing market specificities come into play where teams will go about doing things in a slightly different way, whether how much they're spending or where they're getting their players from or their style of playing. We're going to, and and there are mechanisms of parity that you know the league constrains that somewhat, but I think that's one of the most exciting things. If you're a Minnesota United fan, it's a very different uh, model than what Atlanta has done, and expansion now is very different from when Seattle and Vancouver and Portland and Philly all came in. So I think you know, with each expansion team, you see snapshots of the overall change of, of what MLS, MLS is, and I think what, what I'm really excited about is I do think we represent another change where we're the first team with a beautiful, and when I say it's the nicest soccer stadium in the world, people sort of are taken aback, but I really think um, you can make that argument, and that it's in the heart of, a, of, a, of, a, of the city, so it's a downtown stadium, and then it's in a huge market. And I think those three things, um, you know, I think make, t- not, and, and that's not a selfishly prideful thing about LAFC, but again, it just says, it, it, it makes a statement about where the league is now. And if when I was playing in the league and growing up in L.A. 20 years ago, if you just said to me this would be happening in my hometown, I would have said there's no chance. All right, John, I'm going to save the toughest question for last. Have you been back in the water since the incident? The next day. Next day. There you go, LAFC fans. He's jumping right back on the board, uh, metaphorically, or maybe literally. John Thorrington, GM and Executive Vice President of Soccer Operations for LAFC. Thanks so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Dave. Great stuff from John Thorrington, GM and EVP of Soccer Operations for LAFC, as they're building towards kickoff in March, essentially. I and mean, we're talking months, which, you know, you know the Seinfeld bit. Remember, you used to hear the Seinfeld bit. They're months away, which is really like days, which essentially is a couple of, you throw in a few showers and some meals. They're like minutes away from kicking off for LAFC. As we're already in late September and they're kicking off the season. I mean, think about it this way. How many teams in MLS who are essentially out of the playoff race are already looking forward to 2018? Raise your hand, Galaxy fan, on the 405. Don't take both hands off the wheel, okay? But raise one of them like me, like I'm doing in the studio here. I know it's a bad radio bit, but I actually have my hand up, crazy enough. Yes, I'm looking forward to 2018, right? We're already looking forward to that because the Galaxy couldn't even hold a 3-1 lead in Houston tonight. 3-3. It's just that kind of year for the Galaxy, right? Yes, Jorge, you don't have to point to Houston scoring on the television, all right? I get it. 
rubbing it in. Then I got to talk to LAFC, who just keeps doing things right. John Thorrington, good conversation with him. Oh, I appreciate that. Hey, I appreciate you listening. We're keeping it rolling. 877-710-ESPN. We've got phone calls. We've got Twitter stuff at Talk Soccer. You can follow me there. I do want to get a little Toluca Pachuca update. Don't worry, Jorge. We don't need the whole thing. It's not the big thing going on here. But they are playing. You heard Seb talk about it earlier. Pachuca's on several networks for the United for Each Other cause. Hashtag United for Each Other. You can donate to the American Red Cross or other organizations. Help out if you can. Pachuca in the 27th minute leading over uh, the stinking Cruz Azul. 1-0. Yeah. Yeah, Jorge. And Pumas is taking it to my Toluca in the 40th. 1-0 at home, Toluca. Get it together. Soccer Weekly, Dave Dunholm and you, ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Dunholm and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. You can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Don't forget, we're blowing up on iTunes, too. The podcast, thank you so much for all your support. I appreciate it. Look, if you got a friend who loves soccer and you love the beautiful game, tell them about it. It's Soccer Weekly. All you got to do is search it on iTunes, subscribe, rate, review it. All of that stuff, it's, it's blowing up, and I appreciate that. If you hate soccer and you're listening to me right now, tell your enemies to go listen. It's fine. You know, then they'll uh, be annoyed, or at least you uh, will annoy them if you hate the beautiful game. I love the beautiful game, and I know you do too, and uh, we are talking about it. We are talking about something that's bothering me. Josh Sargent signs with Werder Bremen. Now, that doesn't bother me for that kid. He's a young American hotshot, and I mean he is good. This kid is talented. I saw him in the under under 20 World Cup or whatever. Was it under 17? No, it couldn't have been. Under 20. Under 20 World Cup. I was covering that over. Five. He is good. Very, very talented. Very skilled, right? And, uh, you know, look, I got no beef with him going to, a, you know, individually going to a German uh, football club. They're doing great things for young Americans. Christian Pulisic, Weston McKenney just re-ups with Schalke on a five-year deal, I believe it was, to extend his stay there. He's still only, what, 19? I mean, these are great young talents. And Josh Sargent fits that bill. I want these guys to stay in MLS. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to lose some, but why do I have to just, as an MLS fan, throw my hands up and go, oh, well, of course he's leaving. That's absurd. 877-710-ESPN. Steven is in L.A. He's been hanging out. Steven, welcome to Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. What's going on, man? Hey, Dave. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm thinking, first of all, uh, I'm really excited about the future of U.S. soccer. I mean, I think we're living in some, you know, really good times as far as uh, development. Wait a minute, Stephen. Hang on. Before you even continue, you're going to get plenty of time here because I know you've been waiting. Thank you for saying that. Finally, somebody who sees the positive like me. I, I think we have a great future in world football here in America, and we have a great present. Thank you so much for saying that. Now let's continue. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, you know, it's just uh, – you know, it's just kind of unfortunate that, you know, we, we do have to send a lot of our young players out of the country. Uh, you know, I, I looked at it from this perspective. Like, what, what, what does happen when we keep players here? Um, my concern is that, you know, they, they don't really have much to kind of grow on. You know, the, you have young talent, and there's plenty of talent here. We're such a huge country. Uh, but once, you know, once we, we, we do have that young talent, like, where does it go from there? Um, what does MLS have to offer our See, Stephen, unfortunately, you're right. Those are the questions. Now, my point of bringing this all so, up is 
exactly what Stephen is alluding to. His question is perfect. What are they going to learn in MLS? That's the problem. I, I know I can't just sit here and say they need to stay without coming up with solutions. And MLS must do a better job of coaching and coaching from a young age in their academies all the way up. I mean, I see it too often. Stephen, we see it with Jossie Zardes. Now he's a right back because they couldn't figure out how to cure him up front. You know what I'm saying? And it happens all way too often in America. You're right. Unfortunately, Stephen is asking the perfect question. And that's the problem that we have to fix. What are they going to learn here? Would Josh Sargent become Christian Pulisic staying here, Stephen? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but you know, we we definitely have a lot of eyes more than ever. And uh, yes, that's we true. Got, we got talent coming in from Europe uh, that has, you know, that that have the potential to kind of, you know, give us give give some of our young players, you know, better understanding of the You're game. You're right. No, I appreciate and, that too. Thank you, Stephen. Tata Martino comes to mind, and some other good coaches. Look, not all American coaches are bad by any means. We just have to up the level all the way through, just like we do on Soccer Weekly. Right, and we up the level at the end. We we save the best for last, oftentimes, and it's the best segment of the show. It's stoppage time. The great producer Mario Rees joining me now on stoppage time. Mario, nice to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, Dave. What's up, man? So uh, Arsenal and Real Madrid have now joined Liverpool and Tottenham in the chase for Christian Pulisic. Pulisic dismissed talks of a transfer last summer, yeah. but the chase is on between some of the top teams in the world for uh, the Wonder Boy. Mm. If you're Borussia Dortmund, and I know they lost to Tottenham and they just lost to Real in the Champions League in their recent... If you're Dortmund and you're Christian Pulisic, I don't know that going to Arsenal isn't more than a lateral move at best. I think it's a little bit of a move down. Tottenham's got a lot of young talent. That'd be a nice move. Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool, he's still got a lot to figure out. I'm not loving that. I mean, yeah, if Real Madrid comes calling, Mario, wow. I think you got to like say yes. And I'll tell oh, you yeah. why, Mario. We've talked about it on this show. Christian Pulisic could become the biggest soccer star in the world. There's never been hype like this around a U.S. player, in has there? In the world. Yeah. You're absolutely right. There hasn't. There's been. It's, his name was Freddie Adu, and he was unfortunately 14. So there was way too much to try to get through right. at that age. Christian Pulisic is already playing at the highest level. So, yeah, 100% agree. Don't just go. If you're Christian Pulisic, go to the right place. Exactly. Atlanta United wins again tonight. 3-0 over Philadelphia Union. Atlanta has qualified for the playoffs in their inaugural season. Another huge turnout tonight, of course. They had 43,000 screaming fans in the building. Are they a real threat to win it all they in are. their first season? Yes, they are. Miguel Almiron's got a slight injury. We'll see how that develops. Yes, they are. They're that good, Mario. And I'll tell you this, soccer fan, I don't care if you love Liga MX, you love MLS, you hate MLS, if you aren't watching what Atlanta United's doing, shame on you. They are incredible to watch. And it's incredible to listen to Soccer Weekly. Mario Rees, some other dude whose name I forgot. I'm kidding, Jorge. I love you. I'm Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710.